When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. All right, we are live. Welcome to the Solar Panel. Uh, I'm your your new host for this one. Dave King had to sit this one out. I know he had surgery recently, and uh, he's I think he's currently out of town for this one too. So apologies for not having a show last week. But uh, today we got some some good guests and, a, and a, you know, a topic going over a fan favorite, Robert Sarver. Uh, I'm sure everyone's anxious to get this one out of the way. Um, so we'll start with uh, Mr. John Voida from Sun's Jam Session. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, Brandon? Not too bad. <laughs> uh, you know, excited to start at 9 a.m. instead of 8 uh, since Dave <laughs> isn't here. That's, that's the best part of the show. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> And then we got uh, PLR PLR from the Sports Cave. How you doing? What's going on? You know, you got to be nice. Old people need time to heal. So, you know, he may be on the IR for like seven, eight weeks. He doesn't – you don't recover like you used to when you're a young guy. So, <laughs> shout out to the old dude. <laughs> All right. Well, we can just get started. Uh, obviously, everyone knows by now the server situation has been going on since – last November. Uh, it's just the never ending story. And, you know, there's a lot of silence in between, but, uh, recently we finally had some, you know, the, the bombshell kind of drop with Baxter Holmes, Holmes reporting that, uh, the NBA suspended Sarver for one year. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a $10 million fine. He can't be involved with the organization at all. So just kind of walk me through PLR. What was your first take when you saw that tweet pop up from Shams? Okay, so I, I don't know if you remember, Zona, but when this first went down, I was I, you guys had me on, and I said he's going to get a slap on the wrist because there's no live video. It's not it, it's completely different from the Clipper organization. And so, uh, unfortunately, when you get a he said, she said, he said, she said, even though there may be a preponderance of the evidence that um, that shows that he's guilty. Owners are very reluctant, and and you got to remember, Adam Silver is going to, um, how can I say, he's going to take more of this heat, and owners can say they didn't really know. I, I don't buy that bullcrap whatsoever, but owners are really reluctant without a, a, a live gun to say we're going to remove an owner because they all have skeletons in the closet. There's no way you get that status without having skeletons. If they all start removing people without, without a, you know, a, the, the guy sitting there loaded on camera, then they all, it can happen to all of them. Look at what happened with Cuban. There was, there was nothing on video. He got off light for what he allowed to happen in his organization. So honestly, it didn't surprise me that he got a year. Um, what surprises me is him almost not just taking the bullet and saying, you know, I, the NBA got me. I apologize. There's a lot of dumb things that I did in the past over the last 18 years. I've learned from, I hope everyone just takes my sincere apology going forward. I will do what's right instead of now fighting it and making himself look more like an ass. So am I surprised? I guess that's the long answer. I'm not surprised that he fought. I'm not surprised that the NBA slapped him on the wrist. Uh, 
but I am surprised that that there's starting to be so much backlash, uh, which I'm happy for. I'm just surprised it happened so fast, especially from the people that it's coming from. So sorry for the long answer. No, that was great. Uh, how about you, John? I'm I'm kind of with PLR. I wasn't surprised with the decision. Uh, Jalen Rose mentioned this yesterday. And I thought it was interesting. It was it was the timing of when this came out that kind of caught me off guard. Right? I mean, we've been referencing this story that Baxter Holmes released for nearly a year now. And we've kind of asked throughout the entire offseason, like, when are we going to finally hear? Oh, results are coming. They're right around the corner. Like, check your mailbox. Go outside. Walk down the street. Check the mailbox. Maybe it's out there. No one knew when the decision was coming. And then all of a sudden, after football begins and the majority of, you know, sport fans are distracted and checking their fantasy lineups, here on a Tuesday morning, they just kind of, kind of, oh, by the way, uh, that Robert Sarver decision, we get, we squared that one away. And, you know, I think that again, it just kind of shows you how the league operates. And it was, it was frustrating to see kind of what the, uh, what the fine was, what the suspension was uh, just because again, you know, we all, I, I work in corporate America. I know some of you guys have as well. And I, I could never get away with anything like that, nor would I want to, but I mean, just to see the, like, like imagine, imagine you're one of the people, one of the victims here, somebody who actually had to endure this abhorrent behavior, this misogynistic uh, culture that Robert Sarver has, you know, built there with the sons. And you're like, Oh, great. They sweet. He's going to be gone. Oh, it's only for a year. I mean, how does, how does that make people feel? And I think that, you know, kind of to PLR's point, it's understandable from the NBA standpoint, due to the fact that the owners are, you know, People with that much money, some of them do very, very deplorable things and have a lot of skeletons in their closet. Unless you have like a Donald Sterling you know, phone message to ultimately uh, be the nail in your coffin, this, is, this can still be construed in some way, shape, or form as hearsay. Now, what's great is we actually have some facts of what was said relative to Robert Sarver. What they, what they say, like 80,000 hours of interviews, 320 people, something along those lines. So there was, there was a lot of uh, effort that went into this independent investigation. But to see the result of you know, the findings compared to what the actual suspension slash uh, fine would be, it just it didn't make sense. And as, as I'm sure we'll discuss a little bit, kind of how the dominoes are starting to fall. I'm impressed. I'm happy that... All of a sudden, this decision turned us all into Greta Rogers. And we're all just kind of like everybody who has been anti-Sarver has a voice. And now we're seeing the, the, the political pressure. We're seeing the societal pressure. We're seeing uh, the financial pressure. And all these different uh, levers are kind of being pulled in an effort to finally say, hey, th- this isn't okay. Especially in a league that preaches equality. It's the backbone of the fiber of the culture of this league to preach equality, to have somebody who is in a position of power and in one of their organizations to go forth and say derogatory terms about people, misogynistic terms. Uh, it, you, you can't, you can't allow that to happen. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's great that people are finally kind of saying enough is enough with Robert Sarver. He, the guy's an equal opportunity asshole. And even, you know, as PLR mentioned, even in his statement, he couldn't, he couldn't just, you know, the, the blueprint for this it has, we've seen it all, you know, for the, for the past five years, the blueprint for somebody who had, who made a mistake. I mean, you could literally just go read like what Kevin Hart had put out following, you know, the whole uh, uh, Grammy fiasco. You could literally read that line by line and people be like, okay, listen, you know, it's unfortunate, and, but we forgive you. But he had to be that, he had to throw a little bit of that Sarver asshole into his statement. And it's just par for the course for him. And I think it's uh, I think it's time that, you know, hashtag Sarver out becomes a real thing. Sorry for my long answer. No, th- those are both great. Uh, a lot of awesome points made there. And I think uh, one thing I kind of want to circle back to that I think a lot of people forgot about was before this, the original story even broke, uh, Jordan Schultz actually leaked the story before Baxter Holmes had a chance to, you know, have it all come out at once. So... I think that gave Sarver time to defend himself a little bit and prepare a defense. And that was just something that I was thinking about the other day, just because of how this whole situation kind of slowly unraveled um, and just the whole legal mess. I think Silver knows, you know, if they did try to a lifetime ban, that's going to be a never ending legal battle. So um, I was always obviously disappointed by how the league handled it. And 
Um, I think right now, just the way that whole press conference, I don't know if you guys saw that. It was just kind of a joke, a lot of, you know, word garbage and just, you know, hypocritical statements, I think, from from Silver that uh, didn't line up with the league uh, when they typically make decisions like this or talk on issues like this. So, uh, yeah, I, I was pretty disappointed in all that. But um, at the same time, it's this is good news for Suns fans because I think it's the domino effect is starting where we're finally going to get Sarver out. And, uh, you know, it'd be one thing I could see, you know, if he was a great owner and people loved him and this came out, if fans might start defending him, uh, even despite seeing all the, the stuff he did. But uh, I think at this point we're kind of all in agreement. This guy's a piece of shit. And this story dropped and it just only adds to the fuel. So, uh, you know, I'm just excited for this process to get rolling. Um, and, you know, obviously the the report that came out found that he said the N-word at least five times, uh, made sex-related inappropriate comments about physical appearance of females, um, inappropriate physical conduct towards men. And there's th- over 320 people invest or a, a part of this inve- investigation and 80,000 documents reviewed. So, it's a pretty damning report when this many people line up with the these stories. So um, overall, it was just, you know, it was a lot of stuff to read through, but, um, you know, disappointing to kind of see the, the overall results of it. So uh, PLR, what, what do you think the, the domino effects are going to look like these next few weeks? You know what? I, I think it's funny because now we have other uh, other owners, other, you know, part owners of the Suns, coming out, making their statements, saying what they're going to say. Uh, I, I think, okay, so I think the NBA is working backwards on this one, and I'm going to call this the Jedi mind trick. If the NBA comes out and says, we're we're looking to suspend him, we're looking to do this, we're looking to do that, like you said, there's a backlash, and now he's suing and they're suing and everybody's suing and everything is tied up. If you just leave, uh, let, me, let me do it like this. Let me give an example. When I was a little kid, I said a cuss word on, on my block growing up in Chicago. Now, I knew the neighbor heard me down the street. I knew she heard me. So I was like, oh, crap. She's going to rat me out. So when she saw my mom, she didn't just say I heard him cursing. What she said was, oh, I didn't know that he knew those words. So by her saying it like that, that's where the backlash came. By the NBA doing it like this, they don't have to do it. The pressure will come in, internally now, and that movement will come to push him out. And then that's an easier movement because when you have his business partner saying, hey, my man, we're going to lose PayPal. We're going to lose this. We're going to lose that. They don't want to lose their money and their prestige. So that is where the pressure is going to come from. But I'm going to say something that's not too popular, and I don't, I don't really care because that's how I roll. I am surprised that people are surprised that older rich or older from depending on where they came from, white people have ever used the N-word. And I'm almost starting to get upset that people are pretending that they're upset that someone has used that word. So to me, that's all part of the farce of the whole thing. When Paula Dean was caught saying that or had said it in the past, an old Southern white lady from the South was heard saying that word once. Oh my God, I am so, I'd be more surprised if she never said it. So I'm upset that it is upset he said it because I'm not surprised that he said it. Hell, if we're really just being honest about it, a lot of times music gives carte blanche to everybody to say stuff because they can just say they're saying it in a song. What surprises me is someone of his magnitude not having enough common sense to know that you don't insult minorities at work with certain words. You don't insult women at work with certain words. You don't make women feel less important for the job they do. You don't pay them the same and you don't treat them the same. I find that more offensive than saying This is what he said, because if we're all honest and we walked around with the mic all day and interactions with our friends, all of us would be up Shit's Creek at some point in time for something we said. I just find it amazing that this man has created the wealth that he's created 
and and has ascended to where he's ascended without the common sense to know I can't be a complete asshole at work because it's not cool. Preach, preach, PLR. That was on point, you know, 100%. I completely agree. It's, you know, the, the locker room mentality, right? Like everybody's been a part of a locker room mentality. And if, like you said, if they had a microphone in there, no one in this world would have a job, you know, because people suck at times. But the fact that he is a leader in the, in this position and he thinks that it's okay to carry on with this behavior. And again, that's why I call him an equal opportunity asshole. He does that to everybody. You know, I don't know Robert Sarver personally. I don't hang out with him. You know, I have a couple friends who've been around him in, in different situations and have kind of fortified that he is exactly what this report came through. Uh, and, you know, the actions taken are definitely al- definitely aligned with kind of who this guy just is as an individual. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, PLR, there. I think it's a great point. Yeah, and- John, I, I have someone that I know is very close with Sarver that, uh, you know, goes on va- like family vacations with him and all this stuff. And he said, everything you've heard about Sarver is true. So mm-hmm. when I heard that, you know, and this was like last year. So uh, I think this lines up with kind of who we knew he was this whole time. So um, I'm not in the, the category of being shocked at any of this stuff uh, just by being a Suns fan, kind of being around the organization uh, pretty much my entire life. So uh, it's just disappointing that he's been, been able to like string this along this far. So, well, and it's um, interesting, you know, how PLR bro- brought up, you know, kind of the way that the NBA handled it from almost a passive aggressive yeah. stance, which makes sense. You know, it's business and you have to kind of cover your own good, bad, or indifferent. It's just the way the world operates. You know, yeah. I mean, I, we, we've all had to work in personal relationships and you, you know, the people you work with and sometimes they don't carry their end of the weight. And when the, the corporate brass comes down, you know, I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, uh, they, they didn't do their job, you know, but you have to kind of hold them accountable and there's got to be strategic ways to do it. So, again, I think that's a valid point as well. You can't just come right out and be like, he's out of here because for all the different precedents that could set things of that nature. But knowing that we live in a society where a lot of people have a voice now. I mean, we're on podcasts. I don't know if anybody cares what we say, but we have a voice. A lot of people have a voice. A lot of money, obviously, is, deals with the NBA, knowing that the societal uh, pressures, the economic pressures and the political pressures, even with like the city of Phoenix making their statements. Uh, those are the kind of things that the NBA, I think, was kind of baking on and kind of how Adam Silver, what you said, you know, a lot of a lot of word garbage is true, but he was kind of setting setting everything up for those different levers to start to be pulled. Yeah. And the first lever was LeBron's tweet. I think that kind of opened the floodgates a little bit. Um, Chris Paul shortly after and everything else, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But um so Sam Garvin was actually named as the interim uh, governor and he's a minority owner that uh, actually backed Sarver's statement defending him uh, last year when this initial report came out. So that shows that he had a direct say in, in picking that interim governor. So uh, PLR, what, what are your thoughts on the decision to go with Garvin there? I, n- nothing surprises me to be honest with you. I mean, Look, I, I'm gonna like I, I, we said before the show even started. There are people that are gonna be sympathetic for what he's, what he's going through. I mean, if you're a friend of, of Sarver, I, I'm gonna go back to do birds of a feather flock together. If you're in the media and you're trying to passively defend him, why? Why? The one thing that I don't like, and I, and I'll and I'll be honest, I'm gonna answer this question first. If if he if that's who he picks. That's who he picks. Um, what? What? Honestly, what can we? What can we do about it? I bet you this though, with the magnifying glass, it's going to be on Garvin. I bet he walks the straightest, most narrow line there is, especially since he was a defender of of Sarver. So, it, it may be it may be a good thing. It may be a bad thing. I, this is one of those things. Only time will tell, and see how much he's involved day to day. The one thing I would say is. Is Garvin going to be a person that's going to have a face there? I mean, Sarver sat front row in that corner all the time. If you were a supporter of him, can you be a person that's visibly there as much without you now taking some heat saying, wait a second, why did he pick you? Weren't you one of his supporters? Weren't you on his side? Did you know about this? Were you hanging with him when he said this? Were you a comp? I mean, now he's on the hot seat. So let's let's find out what's going on. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see him courtside at all because, 
you know, the fans alone will, you know, the ones who are educated enough to know exactly who he is will probably give him the business. And, you know, the appointing of Sam Garvin, obviously, it's it's one of Sarver's cronies, right? And, uh, you know, Dave King wrote a great piece for Brightside this week, kind of talking about how, you know, in this situation, Sarver has a hand in picking it and his kind of, he can justify it going to the NBA and saying, hey, like, when I'm back in a year, like, I want to make sure that the the boat hasn't been rocked a ton and somebody doesn't come in and just guts my organization in the year that I'm gone. So it makes sense. When I heard the name Sam Garvin, I, I'm like, okay, that's exactly who I thought it was going to be. It's the minority order who's a vice chairman who is in bed with Sarver, right? He just, like you said, walks a straight line with him. Uh, what I think about more when it comes to Sam Garvin being now in charge is like, what, what decisions are actually going to be made in this next year? Are the Phoenix Suns, as from a roster standpoint, now handicapped because he doesn't want to make any big decisions because he's looking at, at, at it as like, hey, I just got to get it back to Sarver. So, you know, when trade deadline comes around and maybe James Jones wants to move a Jay Crowder contract or something like that, that he's not going to support that decision because he doesn't know, you know, he doesn't want to rock the boat. Or does he just reach out to Bobby Sarver and be like, hey, what do you think of this? What, what do you, I mean, let's be honest. Every time an owner, I don't care what he gets in, this happened with Ursay and the Colts. I'm gonna let's let's just be honest. I, I mean, we're all, we're all adults here. There is no way in hell that a guy who runs an organization is gonna be suspended by the guy that he is one of the owners who who he hired. Because let's always remember the commissioner works for the owners. The owner does. The owners don't work for the commissioner. So we're honestly supposed to believe every time we hear. Oh, they're they're suspended. They can't that these things don't work. That that <laughs> there's not a call made saying, hey, you know, just wondering if you were still around, is this something you would do? And how are the kids, by the way? Yeah. Let's 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 be honest. I don't care if it's Garvin, I don't care who it is. Owners are never suspended in my in my eye. The only people that are ever truly suspended are players mm-hmm. because they are truly the workers, the decision makers. Uh, if, 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 let's, if I did something really stupid or said something really stupid and, and the sports cave took a hit for it and I suspend myself, are the people that, that report to me going to say, well, better not ask him. He suspended himself. No, they're going to text me and ask me <laughs> and I'm just going to now be behind the scenes. So Everyone in Phoenix and everyone around the place saying, well, he's gone for a year. Oh, okay. He's he's gone and not doing anything for the year. But I just – that part I find funny whenever I hear, hear that. He'll be involved in the trades. He'll be involved in the contracts. He just won't be as outwardly involved as he would have. If we're really being honest, he hasn't been in the past year outwardly involved. So it probably won't be any different than it is now. That's a good Unless point. He's yeah. yeah, I think his involvement's kind of lessened and lessened. And as he's trusted James Jones and Monty these last couple of years, it seems like, you know, at least from the outside, that his involvement's kind of been at an all-time low, which probably is more than most owners on its own. But but I think PLRO's point is is on point because it's it's pretty obvious that he'll find a way to stay in communication. It's just going to be more calculated and under the radar, I think. Uh, you can't really enforce – some of these rules that they threw in there, like they're, how's the NBA going to enforce that? Unless they have someone like tailing him 24 seven. So, uh, you know, tapping into his phones, you know, going, you know, crazy. Uh, but I just don't uh, see, you know, that's, that's the one thing with Garvin taking over. I think that was kind of an obvious fit with based off him backing him. And I'm a little bit concerned though. Um, you know, if the domino effect doesn't continue to, pressure him out that this is just kind of a one-year thing where in Sarver's mind he's like oh one year from now everyone's going to forget about it I can just step back into my role you know no damage done he doesn't seem too apologetic so I think uh in order for this to actually happen there has to be more than and there's already been like some you know sponsor um sponsor threats you know city of Phoenix NBA players but it has to continue to snowball into something larger than this so that's the hope right now um just Hope that it continues down this path. And, uh, you know, it starts with with John. I, I'm probably going to butcher his last name, but uh, John Najafi, uh, minority owner for the Suns, released a statement saying that he was calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver. And that's kind of 
uh, right around the time that I think Suns fans were like, okay, it's getting real now. Uh, mm-hmm. So what were you guys' thoughts on, on that? No, I mean, that was a big statement, you know, because yeah. again, you can have a lot of people commenting on it from the outside looking in, you know, and, and giving their takes, Brian Windhorst, Jalen Rose, you know, like you said, yeah. Chris Paul, LeBron James, uh, everybody kind of giving their two cents, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't impact the organization. But when you have one of the vice chairmen, one of the three vice chairmen of the Phoenix Suns coming forth and asking for the resignation of the majority owner, that's that's big. That really kind of that, that's a huge domino to fall. And it's going to be interesting to see how the re- the rest of the minority orders uh, respond moving forward. And if that is enough ammunition in that gun to ultimately, you know, do the right thing, in my opinion, and oust Sarver. So, uh, yeah, that, that was the bombshell, I think, of everything that's been going on over the past three days. It was hearing yeah. John make that statement. I was like, oh, damn, Ish is getting <clears throat> real now. As Monty would say, it's internal. So it makes yes. it a little more... Uh... There's a little more weight behind that swing, you know? So, PLR, what do you think about that statement you know, from John? I, I think I think it's important. I think it's needed. I'm glad he did it. Um, here, here's, here's what I'll say. This is why this situation is so delicate, though. The city of Phoenix is only going to do so much to not shoot themselves in the foot. Um, players are only going to do so much to not stop their livelihood. Now, I want us to think big picture here. If you're, uh, I know LeBron sent that tweet, but I'm going to say, I think it went backwards. I bet he called Chris before he sent that tweet just to make sure they were on the same page. That's the tweet. I don't think this is, that just got fired up, uh, you know, during a commercial of NCIS New Orleans. I think, I think that one had a little bit more, a little bit more thought behind it. But, but in, in saying that, this is where we have to be careful. If Chris Paul did not boycott with the situation in the Clippers, at the age he's at now, um, with the team that's that he's on, that's good, that still has a shot at winning a title, is he going to dissuade people from coming to Phoenix to play with him? Is he going to choose this as his as his you know hill to die on and not try to win uh, an, an NBA title? Um, if PayPal and I applaud PayPal for standing up and saying it. But but I'm going to, again, I'm going to say something that's not popular. Go down and arrest a drug dealer on the corner. As soon as he's gone, someone else is filling that void. There's seven other companies waiting to slap their patch on that son's jersey because that son's jersey is not just seen with that name here in Phoenix. It's on TNT. It's on NBA. It's on ABC. It's everywhere. So I applaud applaud that but what the tricky part is to force the person you want out that did the wrong without damaging everything else and then you have to sit there and weigh the pros and the cons is getting him out at all cost if he's going to go kicking and screaming the way to go to damage the team the players the advertisement and the city that just spent a whole bunch of money to help uh, re- revive that that old building. So I love it when everyone comes out guns a blazing. It's like when we had all those Nimrod idiots saying, "I'm gonna boycott Nike," but they were wearing Converse All Stars and with their simple brains, not knowing that Converse is owned by Nike, saying, "Well, at least it doesn't have a swoosh," but it's going in the same pocket, idiot. So I, I love it when people come out, but. When you boycott, you have to be able to see it through. And when you see it through with this one, who are you really hurting in the end? So this is going to be a very delicate thing to do, uh, especially for someone who doesn't take the penicillin holding their nose. They're going to fight this one way or the other. Hey, let's take just a second to talk about our friends at DraftKings. The NFL's opening week was action-packed and is just getting started. Get ready for week two and week three of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TB. 
ESPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey, and you know what? Lately, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts while I'm uh, recovering from this shoulder surgery that I went through. Take a look at my Twitter feed at Dave King NBA and my new profile picture, and you can see how serious that <laughs> shoulder surgery was. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I listen to basketball podcasts, news podcasts, all kinds of stuff, and it's been great. One reason why it's been great, because I'm using my new Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. They have the a look, a feel, and a sound that's better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, you know, so you can size to your ear. They're so comfortable and they will not budge. They don't fall out when you're running. They don't fall out when you're hanging upside down. And they don't fall out when you're sitting on the couch. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of play life. Play A 32-hour battery life, that's a lot. And they're priced just right. You can get it for half the price of those other premium audio uh, earbuds and things like that. It's no wonder they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. There are three customizable sound profiles. Earbud tap functions so you, can, so you can move things around. Noise isolation is really great, and the awareness mode is really, really good, too. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15. That's TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN. All right, now back to the show. Well said. Yeah, and I think it's, especially with Sarver, like we all know he's very stubborn, and uh, it's going to be tough to get him get him out of here without any you know, backlash or, or drama. I think he's going to fight to the death. That's just kind of like what I expect as a Suns fan. I feel like this guy's never going to, going to leave just being the pessimist I am of this whole situation. But uh, I think, you know, we're at a good point now. There, there's a lot more to be done though. So um, the, the next point that kind of snowballed into this was the NBA players association executive director, director, uh, Tamika, Trum I have no idea how to pronounce that either. So that's two botched names in a row. Um, she spoke out on behalf of the NBA players saying we are absolutely calling for a lifetime ban on Robert Sarver. And I thought that was pretty, you know, to speak on behalf of the players as the, you know, in her position, that that's definitely a step towards the right direction. Uh, we're going to see if that translates to players sitting out preseason games or maybe training camp or, Something along those lines. We could talk about that a little bit later. But uh, John, what, what are your thoughts on on that? I don't know if you saw that, but you know, oh yeah, and it was it. it was powerful. I mean, again, yeah. it was you know they they really they asked her again, like, so are you speaking a, uh, in um, part of all the players? Like, I'm just making sure you know I'm making this yeah. a very defined question. She's like, yeah. So like, yeah, I'm speaking on the we, we all want a lifetime ban of Robert Sarver. So again, you know, to PLR's point, it's going to be a delicate situation, but you're seeing all these little things fall. And that's another big one right there, you know. And and once I heard that, I went, uh, you know, kind of down that rabbit hole of like, uh oh, are we going to see players sitting out? Are we going to see people, you know, truly following up and following through with the words that they're putting out there? So it's going to be interesting to monitor with training camp starting here in what next week. You know, in the next 10 days, they're going to be training camp preseason starting um, and knowing that, you know, teams, you know, the, the worst thing of all of this is it gives Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns organization, such a black eye because we've the team at, with, under the tutelage and leadership of James Jones with Monty Williams at the helm has done a, such a great job over the past four or five years of really resetting the culture here in Phoenix of one that players want to come play here. We are a destination once again. And then, obviously, when the news broke last year, everyone was kind of like, okay, you know, locally, we knew that he was kind of a dirtbag. Even globally, people kind of knew that if you're tuned into basketball, you knew he was kind of a dirtbag. But now it's, I mean, the average person is talking about this situation. You know, at my work the other day, I had a couple older people that came up, and they're, they're like, I heard them talking about Robert Sarver. I'm like, these are people I never would, never would imagine talking about basketball with. And I sat and had a conversation with them for about five minutes. It's like we're really hitting this next level of societal pressure 
and you know the uh, the NBA PA is just another domino in the in the stack that's starting to fall. Yep, PLR. What was your uh, take on that player association comment? Um, again, navigating one is one. They have to come out and 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 do this. You know, you know, it, it, they they couldn't be silent. I saw where someone said, "Well, they haven't heard from CJ McCollum." When it comes, I, I'm I'm a person that says I'm always going to give a pass on individual people because they have individual lives. Dude could be in Spain with his family. Who who knows, right? But they have to come out very strong with this. That's what that's that's honestly their job. Um, I, I, again, I'm just. The NBA players associate, they're gonna come out strong, but are they gonna dissuade a player that say is offered a max deal from coming to Phoenix? Is that is that's what's next when that happens? I I, I doubt it because what are they gonna say? Oh, don't take don't take max money. I just again, I'm just I'm in this weird spot with this. Even even with Najafi, I'm in a weird spot. I mean, his company bailed out Paula Dean when she was headed south. Uh, you know, for her transgressions, everyone in life, especially when it comes to this much money and sports and anything and TV and networks and city. And I love it when people say, well, I, I do sports, leave politics out of it. Politics are all wound in. And at the end of the day, everyone's going to do what best serves their interest. Right now, it makes sense for the players union to you know, poke holes and everything. No one is saying Sarver's a good dude. No one is saying that whatsoever. No one is saying they would be happy to see him out. Hell, we most people wanted him out before any of this happened and it had nothing to do with his with his asshole behavior. It had to do with the fact that he ran a great organization in the ground until he finally decided, let me hire someone that knows what they're doing and maybe go sit in this corner and play with my Legos. Until that happened, most people wanted him out of town anyway. All this did was add that extra layer on to say, we knew dude was a jerk. Now he's proved he's a jerk, and now we want him out. And that's why I think whoever is his PR guy, they did it the wrong way. I, I think, honestly, Phoenix has a problem with PR dudes because I saw Kyler Murray screw the pooch in a press conference before the season. And now this guy, no one knows how to just say, my bad. I'm sorry. I know this country gives second chances and I'm begging for one because I've learned, I've been around enough people to tell me I'm wrong to know that if I have these voices telling me that I'm wrong, I don't understand how so many people in the city, guys, let's start our own PR firm and just we'll call it the obvious idiot. And so when you do something that's obviously idiotic, come to us and we will tell you how to fall on the sword so you can start the forgiveness pattern because that's all it is. <laughs> so I don't get it. <laughs> Sounds like a great business plan. There's our million dollar idea right there. Yeah, we, we need it. We need it here in Phoenix, man. We can't get anything right in the presser. <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. Yeah, Blaze Megatron in the chat asked if has anyone talked to Greta about this. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna pull some strings, talk to my people, see if we can get Greta <laughs> on the show. Um, but, but yeah, no, I think I, I was just watching her press points. conference yesterday, that old press conference from like, what, was it, uh, 2018, yeah. 19. It was fantastic. God bless you, Greta. <laughs> She's a gem. Um, but yeah, I think you both made great points there. I think, uh, to John's point, just talking about how we finally, like, it seems like the sun's culture is finally to a, like a respectable point before that report first came out last year. Um, you know, not, not just on the court, but just like all the off the court stuff. It seems like, you know, okay, we're finally reputable, you know, people want to come here and then this kind of just sets it back. But, you know, the good news is if the situation is resolved quickly and Sarver's outed and, you know, they bring in an owner and, you know, get good publicity over here, then I think that's going to shift right back around to, you know, with Monty and James Jones in charge and, and Booker, um, as the face of the franchise, like it's a quick fix. They just got to get it done. And uh, that's, that's the bottom line. I think uh, obviously there's, you know, how they've treated employees. That's just a cultural thing that they're going to have to fi fix internally too. So that's something that we haven't really even touched on, but um, I thought it was kind of not funny, but like funny that one of the former son's employees that was a part of the investigation 
the day before uh, that report came out, tweeted like like adding the NBA saying, hey, do you remember this report? Like, are you guys going to do anything about this? And then the next day that the story dropped. So that was that was wild. Well, the great thing, though, is Robert Sarver, as a part of this suspension and fine, has to complete a program focused on respect and appropriate workplace conduct. So everything will be fixed because he goes to that because we've all gone to those yep. kind of things. And, you know, <laughs> those work every time. Yeah. Bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a PowerPoint presentation. It's going to be really tough on him. Um, so the next point I wanted to just kind of, you know, I think this is like the final domino that will lead to, you know, possibly more pressure. We talked about a little bit, but just the, the statement from PayPal um, essentially saying they're not going to renew the sponsorship. Should Sarver remain involved with the Suns organization? You know, they paid $3 million last season. So that's a good chunk of money. Um, you know, I think if there's, if it's more than just PayPal, obviously Kia came out and pretty much, you know, said they supported Sarver. So that's, that wasn't, you know, sometimes it's better to shut up than to release a <laughs> statement. Uh, that's, you know, PLR's firm, you know, the obvious idiot could have taken care of that for you. Um, but I think, you know, I think if there's a ripple effect and we get multiple sponsors coming out saying, you know, we're, we're done here. If, if Sarver's still in charge, that's really what the, the final nail in the coffin could be along with the players. So uh, what was your thoughts on that PLR to seeing the, the PayPal statement? It, it honestly, it didn't move me because the amount of money, like I said, that they are willing to pull out, I, I guarantee you there's someone else here that's willing to do that exact same amount. Or, or you know what? They may even get the cut rate Sarver budget discount. Right now, you can sponsor the Suns for the Sarver's an asshole rate of 50% less than what PayPal did. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's out there, and it's just a matter of, of that, I, I appreciate PayPal. I'm glad they did what they did. A lot of times companies do what's good for them for the internal part of their company. And so we got to say it like that. PayPal uh, does a lot of things in terms we all know with, with credit cards, with other things. Well, if they have a very diverse work uh, place, for them, their own employees may be leaning on them to do something like that. If Kia, yeah. on the other hand, if most of their stuff is manufacturing and car sales and stuff like that, well, what is their demographic? And will their demographic be moved one way or the other if they don't? What if it's not as diverse? Maybe they don't have that same pressure. So for them, sticking in doesn't really matter. And that's why I think it it, it makes a difference, but it doesn't make a difference. Uh, what PayPal did was great, but again, there's a level of grandstanding. And, and and I'll tell you what, and, and I'm hearing that not just from them. If you listen to local radio, you're hearing people say things and you know that they're with Sarver without saying they're with Sarver. I mean, they'll come out and say, well, I'm obviously not going to agree with someone who says something racist. Well, of course you're not, you idiot, because you'd be off the air in two seconds. I also hate when they go to the uh, obvious, well, I talked to uh, – two players and they name them. And of course they're the black players that didn't hear a word. Well, did you talk to Earl Watson? Did mm -hmm. you talk to the black people that heard something? Did you talk to the ladies that heard something? Or did you go to the ladies that didn't that you know? And did you go to the safe black? I, again, I'll get in trouble for saying that to the safe black people that, you know? Yeah. So you're really protecting them by saying that. And so PayPal long way around that, did the same thing. They just protect their interests. And I don't blame them for that. Kia, shoot, we don't give a crap. Our cars are manufactured in Tennessee, man. In Tennessee, I don't give a crap about what's going on in Arizona. We're going to keep this money going. We're going to keep pushing out these Kia souls that sell off the rack to street racers down in Tucson. Keep it moving. <laughs> well, I think what Kia did is they just announced that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they want to be the next. Uh, patch on the sun's jersey that's all they were doing they're they're getting ahead of the game you know i mean it's all you know again 4d chess <laughs> yeah exactly they're playing 4d chess there oh paypal just pulled out or they're threatening to pull out sweet uh yeah we're we're with uh we're with the suns we, we would love to be on the on a jersey that's what they're doing yeah and you know what their statement will say it'll say we we support the phoenix suns and all that they do for the organization and for the city and and everything they do in the community Although we do not agree with what Robert Sarver say, 
we find it disingenuous to punish those that could benefit for everything we can do by remaining a sponsor of, of the Phoenix Suns. And that's exactly how it would be written by the PR firm. And you know, obvious, obvious idiots right there. The that's, that's the right idiots. answer. Just write that down. Give that to I, people. I, I think, I think you're on to something. PR, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that domain name, try to try to <laughs> get that LLC quick. <laughs> It's true, though. I mean, seeing PayPal do what they did, you know, I'm with PLR. I applaud them for doing that because, again, it, it adds some financial pressure. Uh, minority owners can use that as uh, fuel to the fire if they want to say, hey, well, now he's potentially going to cost us money, too, which is the, the number one thing. Money talks. Will Sarver walk because of the money. So it's another key lever in all of this. But again, to PLR's point, and he's 100% right, people are going to line up out the door. You know, sponsors will line up out the door to get on a jersey. And there's so many companies that are willing to do that. And if they just use the obvious idiots, you know, form that PLR just gave them, they're covered. So why wouldn't they? You know, so again, kudos to PayPal for doing that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, unless it truly puts pressure on the on the, the minority owners and they can use that as fuel to their fire relative to Robert Sarver and getting him ousted, it ultimately doesn't mean anything. Hundred percent, and I think uh, to your point, it's just you know this next month is crucial because if you know the longer this goes on, I think the worse. Uh, the longer he could just kind of that mindset I said before of just you know time heals everything. People will forget. You know, I'm just going to stay under the radar and just come back and take my role. Um, so I think the pressure needs to be ramped up quite a bit for this to to really move the needle and that starts with the sponsors uh, and, and the players as well. So, um, you know, I think we can get into, I'm just going to skip ahead to like, just ask this question since we're already kind of on that topic. But uh, do you guys think we'll do true or false here? Um, will any players on the Suns boycott training camp or preseason games if Sarver doesn't step down? True or false? We'll start with PLR here. I'm going to say no, hell no. And they shouldn't. Why should they impact their careers and their pockets? Um, I'll state the obvious here. I'm I'm the black dude on the panel. And it it gets old as the person. um, If you're the person affected by something, why should you always champion a change? And so I've always believed that. And that goes back to me growing up in Chicago and talking to my relatives that grew up in the South. Why is it that? The, the person that's offended have to be the person to smooth over for the person that did the offending. So why do the players have to take that career hit that, that, oh, I can't believe they played. Well, why not? The punishment goes to the person that did wrong, not to the, it's not on the person that got wrong to try to fix the problem. So I hope they don't boycott. I hope they go after their title. Let's say they boycott and two years from now, Sarver's put back in. He's going to own the Suns for years. And even if he's kicked out, he's going to financially gain from being a jerk. They're going to lose a year or time off their career, which is only a limited time. So I hope the hell they don't boycott for themselves. I hope they stay selfish with that and ignore any pressure that would come their way. Yeah, I'm going to say false as well. I don't think that they're going to sit out. I think that, you know, PLR hit all the great, great points that I was going to hit. I was going to say it's, you know, in the long term, it doesn't make sense for them because, again, if you're one of those people who tries to stand up and truly try to affect change, you know, and you think that's the best way to do it, when Sarver's back next year, you're going to be in Memphis or you're going to be, you know, he's going to send you to Minnesota or something uh, because he's watching and he's taking notes. So it does, I don't think that that's the most effective way to uh, create change in this situation. Yeah, I'm with you guys. And I think I don't think it would ever be like just two or three players that would do it. It would have to be the whole team that does it mm-hmm. as one. Like that's the only way I think uh, it could possibly make a statement without, you know, people taking, you know, putting their head on a on a spike, basically. But but yeah, I think I don't think that's going to happen. I think more something more symbolic, like pregame or like, you know, something that they do as a whole is more likely. But, but yeah, I just. I don't see it happening, uh, but if it did, it would definitely ramp up that that pressure and put more attention on a situation that, you know, by the time preseason starts, who knows, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, 12, 13 more stories that pop up between now and then. That's just how the NBA moves. So 
um, you know, I think drawing more attention on it, if, if nothing happens, then, uh, you know, that that's something the players can do. But I think, you know, the silence from a lot of the players and owners is, is deafening as someone in the, the comments mentioned, I think, you know, they know this is, you know, one year from now, there's a very good chance that Sarver could still be back. So uh, you got to take that into account and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's just the reality. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, the next true or false question. So, you know, going a little off topic now, um, we'll do, we'll talk about Dennis Schroeder since he just signed up oh, for Lakers. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so tired of talking about Sarver. <laughs> so, Let's talk basketball, baby. Dennis Schroeder, there's a report that he chose the Lakers over the uh, the Suns and the Raptors, I believe. So um, what are you guys' thoughts? First off, just on that signing, second on the Suns showing interest, assuming that port report is true. Well, I'm glad that our name was linked to him because I was hoping that they were looking into him. Uh, ultimately, is his choice. You know, Dennis Schroeder is just one of those weird stories, right? Kind of a notorious bad locker room guy, somebody who bet on himself. Uh, after his last run with the Lakers and was looking to go forth. And I forget what the Lakers offered him, but it was a nice contract. I think it was so upwards of 80 million, you know, somewhere up there, four years, 80 million, somewhere right in there. And he turned it down thinking he could get more. And then ultimately he ended up in Boston uh, on a veteran minimum, vet minimum, and didn't work out there. They actually got rid of him. They started to win games uh, and play great defense. And, you know, he ended up what in Houston. So, while Dennis Schroeder has been one of those names that a lot of Suns fans have really been kind of attached to this offseason, making arguments such as, you know, well, he played with Chris Paul in OKC. I think he'd be a great addition. You know, I think we need to – Dennis Schroeder not being a part of this team, I'm okay with. The fact that he's in L.A. just makes me kind of laugh a little bit because it's just kind of typical L.A. stuff. You know, they like all these old veteran minimums. They think that, oh, yeah, if we bring in these vets, everything's going to work out great. We watched that last season just crumble to the ground, and I'm okay with that. So go back to L.A. I love rooting against you, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, and again, I think that I want campaign to be successful and bringing in Dennis Schroeder is an opportunity to kind of negate that uh, and potentially put some pressure on uh, campaign. But I'd rather kind of stick with the roster we have than bring in Dennis Schroeder. And I think I'm in the, mi- the minority when I have that kind of statement because a lot of people really wanted Schroeder here. But I just I've never really there's something about the guy. You know, I hear the locker room stories and the last thing you need is to break up the organic chemistry that this Phoenix Suns team has by bringing somebody in who ultimately wants to put his best interest of, uh, uh, ahead of the team. And that's what he tries to do and has done in the past where he's like, listen, I'm trying to get mine so I can get that big contract that I fucked up and I didn't get uh, when I was leaving L.A. last time. So uh, have fun hanging out with Pat Bev over there in L.A., buddy. <laughs> PLR? Does this mean that Abdul Nader's coming back? Oh, um, God, no. no, I'm, just, oh, no okay. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, Too soon. Too soon. All right. Well, I, honestly, I, I'm I wasn't in the I want you know Dennis Schroeder here camp. Um, I, honestly, I just didn't think it would fit. I I haven't I haven't heard the the locker room stuff as much. I just don't think it'll it, it'll fit with what they're doing here. I I think the Suns need to make a move. If they're gonna make a move, it has to be a move. I, I don't think Dennis Schroeder is what's standing between them. And holding up a trophy, and so if you're going to pick up a person just to have a backup, I don't think you upset the apple cart to do it. Um, and yeah, he he, he did uh, screw himself out of a whole lot of money, which he'll never see again. And he went back to the Lakers on the Lakers uh, reunion revenge tour uh, <laughs> that's going to be coming to a city near you if you've played for him in the last three years. Call him; they'll take you back. And so I just look. <laughs> Every time I see the Lakers, I, I, I giggle a little bit because this team isn't put together to win. It's not a winning roster. Everything they're doing is obviously saying they're trying to find a, a sucker to get them from under the Westbrook contract. Um, and I, what I love about the NBA is they're not taking it. They're not doing it. For so many years, the NBA did everything in its power to help LeBron win titles. And I think the NBA is seeing now, as great as he is, as great of a player as he was uh, throughout his career and one of the top, you know, five players of all time, The the there's a shift in, in the league now. 
And we're more watching the Lakers play because of their name and because the NBA still thinks we're that much into it outside the L.A. market. But when you look at things, young kids are wearing Morant jerseys and Steph jerseys, and and they're starting in what's my man in Minnesota who just got in trouble for what he said, Anthony Edwards. They're, the, the young people are shifting, and as they shift, I think the NBA is in, in that position where they're trying to balance how do we keep the Lakers who aren't good relevant with one of the greatest players while at the same time promoting all these young guys who the young people actually want to see. So by him going back, whatever, I could care less. They, they could bring in, you know, Dennis Edwards, the old lead singer of the, of the temptations at this point, he'd probably help him more than Dennis Schroeder. So good for him. Get your money, play ball. We'll see you when we kick your ass again. Uh, when you come to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I've, no real interest in intruder for for the Suns. I think it was just interesting they were noted in that group. Um, and yeah, like you don't even get me started on the the national media with how they cover the the league. It's it's just it gets me fired up every time. Just it's just the Laker talk, and you know mm-hmm. it's it's just it's getting very old. You know the the smallest thing is like a headline there, and then if that happened in Charlotte, no one would give a shit. So mm-hmm. it's just you know it's it's kind of tired at this point. I'll tell you though, Suns Facebook is like up in arms because Schroeder isn't a member of the Suns oh, now. You know, they... I'm glad it's, I'm not. It's on better. Facebook. Yes, it's better. <laughs> it's better to to want what you don't have than have what you don't want. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you talk about about Charlotte, what's funny is whenever the true king flexes his muscle and wants something known, the NBA drops LA, it drops New York, it drops everything, and pops out to hear what 23 has to say. So I think it's funny that we have all these uh, 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 people in the NBA that try to rule everything, but the real ruler is out there in Charlotte owning a team. And if he said there's a press conference right now, nobody else could hold one because everybody wants to hear what he says. So I just find that funny. And I, I, I find it entertaining that whenever he decides to flex his muscle, everything else falls to the side. And what, what did Jordan say? We got to go find out what Jordan said. <laughs> Could you stop talking? Don't you see Jordan on TV? <laughs> so I just I just find that I find that funny that he uses his powers for good. <laughs> yeah. And and I think honestly going into next year, I, I'm with John. I think you let campaign have a chance to bounce back. If he's not to his old self, uh, then you have a trade deadline for a reason. And mm-hmm. you can. You know, there's ways I, I agree with PLR, too, that if they make a move, it has to be a splash. It has to move the needle. Um, but at the same time, I think the bench right now is one of my biggest concerns with this team. Like there, there's some specific issues that they, they haven't addressed that, you know, they need more creation. They need someone that you can get the ball to this guy and he can get you a bucket. Um, you need someone more athletic that can get, get to the rim. And I think just some size on the like some forwards with size. That's the other thing is, you know, so there's definitely some areas they can improve on the edges, but are those things going to move the needle? I don't know. Um, but I do know that right now, you know, deploying campaign and Landry Shamit for the, you know, little champagne backcourt duo. Um, I'm fine to give them another run as, mm-hmm. you know, CPs and books, you know, reserves for this season. And, you know, if it, they got off to a hot start, then I don't think that's really something you even need to address. I think their, their issues are a little bit bigger than that. So, uh, we'll see, you know, who knows if the, you know, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat on and say, you know, maybe the, the Sarver and Durant thing were, was connected and maybe we're just kind of waiting on a solution there before the NBA allows Durant to go to Phoenix. So, uh, Ooh. who knows? There's still a lot of stuff to happen. Zona, you know something though? I honestly believe this team isn't necessarily another player away as much as they're a booker saying, you know what? Last year was BS. The way the season ended was BS. The way I played my last game was BS. Everybody, get on my freaking back and watch yep. me carry y'all asses to a final. And there's a, a, a mentality point, a, a pit bull inside that has to come with that. And everyone does it does it differently. Uh, but we watched Golden State do this last year, and we watched Steph have that baby face the whole time before KD, with KD. But the real Steph came out like, get on my back and watch what I do, and watch how I've led us to a title with KD. Without KD, watch me do it again. We watched 
uh, certain guys do it quietly, like a Tim Duncan. I don't have to say anything. Just ride me. We watch Kobe Bryant do it Mm -hmm. very loudly, say, beep everybody. Watch me do this. Y'all either with me or you're against me. Let's roll. I think Booker's personality is more, let's do this. And honestly, I think you have to have that uh, take FM radio and reverse those two letters. He has to let that inner in him come out more. And I think that would do more for this team winning than going out, finding, you know, a backup point guard that once that even Houston didn't want. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. He's got the mentality. He's got that. You know, they always talk about the Mamba mentality. Booker hasn't. I think it's one of the reasons why so many Suns fans just love him and, you know, he, he surplanted Sean Marion as my favorite player. And that's, that takes a lot. You know, I mean, I held up, I held Sean Marion up for a very long time. I just love that, that junk, dog, junkyard dog mentality, get the, get it done mentality. And Booker has it. And I'm excited to see what he does this year. Yeah. And I, and I think I hundred percent agree with PLR as well, that Booker's leap is really what it all depends on. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Dave King had a, a series on Brightside where we kind of talked about the leaps of each player, which one's most important. And I think we talked about it on one of the previous episodes, and my answer was Booker 100% has to get into that top five status, top 10, or even top seven, where it's like, you know, on a day in, day out basis, this guy's going to carry you. And there's moments where, you know, he doesn't, and, and that's fine. He's still young, he's still learning. You know, it's his second playoff uh, run, and he's dealing with a hamstring injury. So, I think at the end of the day, it's just last season, everyone called it the revenge tour. I don't think it was a revenge tour. I think they lost in the finals and they thought they wanted to get back. They weren't embarrassed. This playoff run, they were embarrassed. And so I'm more excited to see how they respond to that. I think they'll probably treat the season like like a marathon. They're not going to worry too much about wins and losses uh, throughout the regular season as much as they did last year. But I think when the playoffs come, that's when the revenge tour really starts. And that's when I think – you know, Booker has a chance to really cement his legacy. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, the regular season doesn't mean anything anymore, right? We got to get to the playoffs and we have to perform in the playoffs now. So it's like you look at the depth of the team, it's important uh, because obviously that's what allows you to garner wins throughout a long regular season. But, you know, the bench and those the, we have to have that key kind of eight to nine players. So when the, the playoffs come around, we can truly execute that revenge tour. Yep, 100%. All right, we'll uh, we'll close it out with this this last true or false to just kind of keep it on uh, on topic with with the original topic was um, true or false. Robert Sarver will be back for the twenty three twenty four season. Start with PLR on this one. Here's what's crazy. I say false, but I think he'll be back the year after. Um, I think he'll be reinstated, but I think he'll lay in the background. Um, I think the amount of pressure it takes to force an owner out comes not just from internal, but the other owners have to say it. Without that smoking gun, I think the other owners are very reluctant to step up and say anything. And because of that, and we know his his want to fight, I think someone may pull his coat and somewhere he may hire us as his PR agency and and he'll fall on that sword before it's all said and done. And then he'll kind of sit out a year. Um, and then after next year, he'll come to a game and then maybe another game. And then I also think it also depends on what what the Suns do. Um, if the Suns are are successful, I think uh, that that gives him some other rights. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Rich people have money, right? That's why they're billionaires. They have money. What an NBA owner, an NFL owner, an MLB owner, they all have in common is there's very few of them. So that's where the ego part comes in, because even if you reward him with money to get out, that prestige that there's only 30 of them in this world come, you know, are there. That's hard to give up when you're that successful and the money doesn't mean as much as the ego and the prestige. And if he goes out uh, like this, He's going to go out, yeah, with money, but his ego's gone, it's taken a hit, his prestige is gone, and he's known as a as a racist woman hater. I don't think any billionaire is going to want to do that because now he can't go eat at, you know, at the upper restaurants in Scottsdale without someone giving him a side eye. I think he fights this through. I think he falls on a sword eventually, and I think he's back not next year, 
but the year after. I'll just say false because it's what I want. I don't know if it'll actually be true or not, but you know, much akin to a lot of the listeners of the solar panel, we all want him gone. So I'll just say false. He's not a, he's not a part of this organization next year. It's going to take a lot. He will go kicking and screaming. Unfortunately, it's Robert Sarver. Uh, it's going to take a lot and hopefully it doesn't, you know, he doesn't take the organization down with him. He doesn't, you know, impose such uh, just destructive force on his way out. Uh, but I, I'm going to say false just because it's, it's what I want. I feel that. Uh, I'm going to go with true just because I'm trying to pull the reverse jinx here. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, and just being a Suns fan, like I think we all kind of know, maybe this is just me, but I think you guys all, can all relate. It's just like, I expect the worst and usually it happens with the Suns. Um, so I, I'm just going to say true. I think he'll be back. I don't think anything is going to change other than he's going to be under the radar for a year. Hope I'm wrong, but that's kind of my take on it. Unless things really change in the next couple months, uh, I, I think he'll be, he'll be back. That, that's just my my gut feeling. Hope I'm wrong. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, thanks, guys, for for jumping on. Uh, we'll we'll be back with with Dave next week, and uh, appreciate you guys coming on. PLR, um, let us know where we can find you. You can get me just about everywhere lately uh, at the Sports Cave uh, on, on the Twitter. Follow me directly on the Twitter at PLR on Sports. Uh, Sports Cave uh, is with the K. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Cave Show is the show. Uh, so we tackle all this fun stuff as well. I appreciate it. I'm a con. I appreciate it. It's always hanging out with you guys. Uh, up to my boy, Dave King. A school dude, and you don't heal like we used to, but heal nonetheless. That's my man. <laughs> All right, John, thanks for hopping on. Uh, uh, let everyone know where they can find you as well. No, of course. Again, uh, thanks for having me, Dave. Get better. We need you, buddy. Give some high fives. Uh, you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Darth Voita. And of course, Check out the podcast, Suns Jam Session Pod. Uh, we go live every Wednesday night, and then once the season begins, uh, we're live after every game. So you can follow that show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I don't know why, but we're there. But, uh, yeah, you can follow us <laughs> in all those places. Hey, TikTok's the future for marketing, man. You know, once, it is. once we get a PLR's PR firm going, we're, we're going to need to <laughs> recruit on there. So That's where we'll advertise. <laughs> Obviously. Right, just <laughs> just got to do this one time for, for Dave, in honor of Dave. There we go. Just, just had to throw that in there. But yeah, thanks everyone in the chat for, for being active and listening. We'll, we'll see you guys next Saturday. Signing out. <laughs>